Amen. For a purpose, I don't think it was by accident uh, that we're here tonight. Praise God. He has a plan and a purpose every time that we come together. For every day, I believe He has a purpose in your life. Uh, if you have your Bibles, my wife and family were not able to be here tonight. Um, Brother Sebastian and I were talking before. Now, now, some of you young people don't. You know, you're not. You you understand it a little bit. Well, you know what? You got school. You got lots of things going on. You know about being busy. So I'm not gonna not gonna shortchange you there. You you understand about being busy. But it seems like that there's always something going on. There's always something uh, happening. Every night of the week, every weekend for sure, there's something happening, something to get ready for. And so uh, my wife and our two twin boys that are six months old and our three-year-old daughter are doing something else tonight to get ready for this weekend. And <sighs> Praise God. But it's great to be here tonight. I'm going to read for just a little while. Uh, in 1 Samuel, chapter number 16. I'm going to read for a little bit. I'm going to have you be seated. I'm going to have to read just a little bit more. It's quite a storyline, and I think you understand what I'm trying to say here as we get into the Word of the Lord. 1 Samuel, chapter number 16. Verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 6. It says here, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Verse 9 says, Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. In verse 11 it says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Verse 12 says, And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Verse 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went, Rama. You may be seated this evening. Tonight, if I could talk to you guys just for a few moments, maybe several moments, about anointed and then what? Anointed and then what? It was back to the sheep for David. 
Though he was anointed for a special purpose, for a special plan, David was sent back to the place in which he was called to be anointed in the first place. The Scripture doesn't give us a lot of time frame here, but the next time that we hear about David, he's called before Saul, Saul, the first king of Israel, that the presence of the Lord had left him, and that's why David needed to be anointed king. And so Saul was troubled from a spirit from the Lord, and he needed something to soothe him. And it was David, the anointed one, to come in and to play the harp for him. And it would cause Saul to be comforted. But then back to the sheep, back to the fields, back to to doing what he knew how to do. The next time that we hear about David, His father sent him into the battlefield. You see, the Philistines and Israel were set in array against one another. The Bible says in 17, verse 1, And the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together to Shukoth, which belongeth to Judah, and pinched between Shukoth and Azekah. Verse 2 says, let's, let's skip to verse 3, And the Philistines stood on a mountain, on the one side. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Verse 4. If you'll allow me just to read for a little while, I have, to, I have to lay this groundwork and then we're going to preach. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Some big stuff. This was a big man. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Verse 8 says in, in chapter 17, And he stood and cried, unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11 says, When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Greatly afraid. So into this setting, David, his father, pulls him from the fields and says, take your brothers, take your brothers some corn and bread. And so there, when he finds his brothers, he comes into the setting where Goliath is beginning to spew his venom against the armies of God. Right into the thick of things, for he'd seen and and, and found his brothers, and then he heard the champion come out. In verse 23 it says, And as he talked with them, behold, there came up, the champion. 
the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And it says again, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. It didn't look good for the children of Israel here. It didn't look good for the armies of God, for they all were in fear of this mammoth man, Goliath. It had to be quite a display if you'd never seen a man that some say was nine feet tall. And I bet he wasn't a slender nine foot. For in describing the, the type of, of clothing he wears and, the, and the, the, the size of his shield, for goodness sake, when, when you would have a man go before him just to carry his shield, it was quite a display. So on this ordinary day there, as this Philistine cries out to the armies of God and they shake in their boots, it took a youth it took one not trained and skilled in the art of war. It took one to come out from the shepherd field watching the flock. It took one to hear something and to be stirred with something when they heard this Philistine curse the armies of God and mock them. There was something that stirred within the heart of David that could not be quieted. There was something that, that stirred within him. What was this that stirred within him? It was none other than the anointing of God that stirred within him that said, Who is this? In verse 26 it says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Suddenly David didn't realize that he was a young person. Suddenly David didn't realize he hadn't taken classes yet on how to slay the, on how to slay the, the giant. He hadn't been in battle yet like the rest of the armies of Israel for he was there just back at home tending to the sheep. He could play a mean heart, brother. He could soothe some things and, and he could watch over the sheep, but he didn't know yet whether he could slay a Goliath. Something stirred within him and he couldn't let it rest couldn't let it rest and he went to the place that he said don't fear thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine don't be afraid I'm sure they were very comforted at this I'm sure looking at David that they were just, just so glad that he was going to fight for them I'm sure there were some thinking Wait a second, can't we choose somebody a little more skilled? Wait a second, I am more skilled and I'm shaking in my boots. I'm scared to death of what this man represents to us. He could take everything, conquer us. We could be in slavery to them. But in verse 29, he says, after being scolded by his brethren, he said, what have I done? Is there not a cause there was something within David that didn't really understand why these other men didn't get all stirred up over the words of Goliath. There was something about that that, that stirred within his heart that said, if no one else will go, I will go. If no one else, I don't care what a champion we have in our midst, if they're afraid to go, there's something about how much I know how great my God is, that there's nothing impossible with Him that I can go. 
And if it takes me, just a little shepherd boy, unskilled and untrained in war, then I will go and God will bring the victory. God will bring the victory. As, as David, we'll skip ahead just a little bit, as David went and chose the, five, the stones, and as David went then and prepared himself for battle, as he went then and, and approached Goliath, I know that Goliath had to chuckle. And the Philistine looked in verse 42 of chapter 17. And the Philistine looked about and saw David. He disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistines cursed. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. I want to stop right here. David had been anointed by Samuel. The prophet of God had came and under the direction of God Himself poured a horn of oil over David to anoint him in his life. God had a purpose and a plan for David. The reason, the whole reason and purpose that Samuel in the Scriptures went to David in the beginning to anoint him was to anoint him to be king. But there was something special about David. God gave David a little bit of insight into the moment, brother. What had happened with David was, was not just that he was... It's not just about the beginning of the anointing and the end of the anointing. It's not just that David was to be anointed one day and king the next day. But there was something... There was something that had to be learned by David. There were things that, that, that God had to try and prove through him. And so here David is learning about feeling the anointing. You see, one day the oil was poured upon him, but he hadn't felt like he had felt at this point. For one time he was in the field, one day he was in the field and, and a lion came and stole a sheep. There was something then that God, it was as if God was saying, watch this, David. Watch this. Let's see, it was a test. I feel it was a test. How is he going to react to my anointing? Will he prove my anointing? Will he allow me to work through him, to channel through him, to show him really what I can do? And there in the very field, he comes out. And he, he allowed God to show His power and His strength. And he slew the lion. He did the same with the bear. And so, let me explain something to you. On the hillside that day, when David, the shepherd boy, faced Goliath, he had been tried a little bit. He had felt the anointing of God, not just the oil running up upon his head and down into his clothes, but he had already felt the power and the anointing of God a time or two that is recorded in Scripture. And here he faces Goliath. 
In verse 45, I'll read just a little bit more. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. I talk for a shepherd boy, but he knew something about his God. He knew what he had felt. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the, the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He give you into our hands. I'll promise you the Philistine didn't get it yet. Or he would have turned and ran and saved his life. <laughs> he wasn't getting it, how it was going to all come apart and, and how that his life was going to unravel right there and, and end. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. That David, I want you to hear this, David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. There wasn't a backward bone in his body right up about now. He felt some power like he probably never felt before. A time or two he felt a little bit, but he had never faced the giant yet. He'd never heard quite the roar of the giant's voice. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and sling it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his, the, his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, this mighty sword, and drew it out of the sheep thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. David had just experienced the greatest victory up to date, certainly in his life. But when all of the others stood in fear, there he went and let them see what God could do with a vessel. What God could do with someone that would allow him to work through. He slayed Goliath. There was no question about it. There was quite a celebration. There was quite a celebration, but if you look at the remaining days of David, it wasn't all outlined even then easy. As we thought it would have been the day that he was anointed by Samuel. God, why didn't you just place David on the throne directly after that? Because David wasn't ready. God, why didn't... After he slew the lion and the bear, I don't, I don't know a, a few, a very few people that could do that. You've tested him a little bit, God. Why is he not on the throne now? And certainly now after slaying the giant Goliath, why is he not now reigning in Saul's stead? I come to talk to you tonight about the anointing. About being anointed. And then being in a place that you're wondering what is going on. Why? How? Anybody ever ask those questions? Well, wait a second, brother. I was filled with the Holy Ghost one night. Maybe right here. Or right there. Or over there. Maybe it was in another church. Maybe it was at camp or at youth convention. 
But I was filled with the power of God and I felt different. I knew that the hand of God, that the anointing had been placed upon my life. And now though, I've had some victories. I've faced some giants. And now though, I feel to myself, where am I? What am I doing? What, what, where am I going, God? I don't understand today. You have to understand something. We've been saved, sanctified, called out for a purpose, for a plan. David, when he found himself having to run from Saul, the one, the very one that 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 he saved the nation for, the the very uh, the, the the very poster child per se for the for the new warrior in the country, the the very one that that set Israel free, that allowed God to work through them. Now Saul is becoming jealous, and so David is on the run for his life. He finds himself hiding out in caves. He, he finds himself going through ups and downs and severe ups and downs. I mean, I mean if, he were, if he had problems with depression, he would have struggled severely. He didn't have to say that he was bipolar. His life truly was bipolar. It was truly up and it was truly down. There was great victories and great lows come, come on the life of David. But looking back on his life, I'm sure in the cave, I wonder if he looked back at his life and said, I was anointed once. I was anointed by the prophet of God once. And and from time to time I feel that power again. And and I'll see victory come again. and, And I feel all high and lifted up. But then within a period of days, I find myself hiding in a cave because my life is in danger. I want to talk to you, young person, middle-aged person. Whatever that your age is tonight, God knows where you're at. God understands your situation. He knows whether you're there on the, on the mountainside getting ready to face Goliath. He knows then if you're, if you're in the field all by yourself with a bunch of sheep and a lion comes. He knows what it's going to take to get you through the situation. He knows that there's no, there's, there's, there's no situation too big. That there's no trial or test too big. There's no giant big enough that can face Him. David, after that he was anointed, life didn't stop. Hear this. Just because you're filled with the Holy Ghost, called out of darkness into His marvelous light. It's a wonderful and awesome thing and there's no greater thing on the planet. But life does not stop for you. The red carpet is not rolled out for us. And sometimes we're, we, we want life to just be just a bed of roses. We want to sit back on the porch and drink our sweet tea and lemonade, whatever that you like. You might like a chocolate shake right about now. I don't know a strawberry shake. I know McDonald's in Bloomington, at least they have the orange shake. and I, I like that every now and again. It's seasonal or something, but I, I try that out from time to time. Whatever that you want to do, it's not, it's not that drinking a shake is going to harm you necessarily. I guess if you just took yourself up to an, an IV shake, it probably would do some damage, right? There would be some swelling going on. But can I tell somebody that life will continue 
to happen to you that you're gonna that it just it rains on the just and the unjust. Well, you're still gonna fall and stub your toe. You're still gonna hurt yourself. You're still gonna if you go choose to play sports you're, and, and play basketball with the guys or the girls, whatever it is you're doing, you could still fall and hurt yourself. It's called life. And I'm so thankful God's a healer and He's merciful. He didn't become king overnight. When God saved you, understand something. Don't ever be discouraged. Don't ever become downhearted and downtrodden. Young person, older person alike, whoever that we are, whatever age we are, when we have been called, we have been set apart, and one day we come against an obstacle. Something big. Something that growls, maybe. Okay? This giant. What if David had, had decided one night that dad's sheep were not as important as, as he thought, okay? And there he is with his shepherd's staff and whatever it else he's got. And the lion and the bear came. You know that he could have taken off and went back to sip on some lemonade. He could have said, wait a second, wait a second, God, I thought that You had anointed me. I thought that I had Your anointing. Why then is the lion and the bear coming against me? I, I thought that You had, had Your prophet pour the horn of anointing. Oil upon my head and anoint my life. I thought you were for me, God. Why then am I facing the lion and the bear? David could have said that. But David felt something. David felt something. He understood something. No, I was anointed for this time. I was anointed. These beasts can do nothing to me. Because God has placed me here. And now... And he slew the lion. Well, that's great, David. That's great. Why don't you go back home and sit on the porch? Why don't you go back home and sit on the couch, rather? Why don't you just chill out and, and wait for your day to be king? Just, just wait by your time. Just, just don't, don't get your hands dirty. Don't, don't be tried anymore. Stay at home on the couch. And someday, David, because you were anointed, you'll be king, won't you? Just don't, don't worry about doing anything in the process. Don't, don't worry about anything, anything. I'm sure that David heard the voices. Because David was flesh. But there came a time where David began to, There was no fear in him. And he went after and he slew the lion and the bear. A lion and a bear is one thing. Now it depends on what kind of bear we're talking about here. But when he heard... The voice of the Philistine. I'd say it was unlike any voice that he's ever heard before. I bet there was a rumble to his voice. I bet it roared through the countryside as he began to mock and curse the things of God. Curse the, the armies of God. I, I would say that there were some things that came over. Every, obviously, much bigger men, much more tried men than David were shaken, were scared. Saul himself, king of Israel, the Bible says in his young days that he stood head and shoulders over all of Israel. He was no, he was no little fella. He had strength. He had slain 
many men with the sword. And he himself shook. He himself was afraid. David could have, could have heard the voices that said, you've already, done, you've already slew the lion and the bear. You know, you, you, you escaped with your life there. You were really lucky. Why don't you just go on home? Why don't you just go on home and tell Dad what's going on? Why don't you just drop off your cheese and your corn to the soldiers? And Why don't you just get back home? And You, you don't need to, to bother yourself, David. You're the anointed one. If, if all the, the armies are wiped out, uh, God's still going to place you on the throne, David. The voice would say. The voice would say. It would have been real easy, wouldn't it? For David to turn and run. It would have been so easy for him to turn and run and go home and tell Dad all about it and, and wait out the time. And maybe somebody then would send a message and say, all your people, all your brothers would have been slain. You realize that's what would have happened. They would have killed them all. They would have killed them all. You think Goliath would have been satisfied with killing one and taking them captive? I think the bloodbath would have been great. And there was something. You understand something. It was for this time. This time, this time on this mountainside was just as important as David being crowned king. See, that was far down the road. That was far down the road. David was here in the moment. And if David, what if David would have went home? I'm telling you, he wouldn't have known all he needed to know about the anointing of God. And I wonder then if God would have searched out another. I wonder then if God would have went after another to find, to anoint to be the next king. God needed somebody He knew He could trust. He knew that He could, he could be tried and true. David had a grasp on how big his God was. How big his God was. So here we are. David, put yourself in his shoes. But today, filled with the Holy Ghost, praying and crying in the altar, feeling the touch of God upon your life. Monday happens. Seems like you come against something. But God, I thought you had anointed my life. But God, I thought you had taken me over. Pulled me close to your bosom. But God, I thought that the hand of God was on my life. But God, I thought I was your anointed. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. You're faced with something like the lion. And you're reacting this way. You're faced with something like the bear. A little bit different than the lion. And suddenly, it's shaped a little different than the lion. But vicious. But could destroy you like that. God, again, I thought you, I thought you had anointed me. God, I thought you had, had pulled me close to yourself. God, I thought I, I had great things to do. God, I guess I was wrong. Or you can let something, listen, young person, or you can let something stir up within yourself that says, Nothing's impossible with my God. There's no, there's no mountain too big. There's no, there's no sea so wide. There's no animal. There's no beast. There's no valley that I cannot cross. There's nothing 
that my God can't do. Because you have to understand, something within you has to stir up and say, my God's the one that spoke the world into existence. My God's the one that, that parted the Red Sea. There is nothing too hard for my God. It doesn't matter what I face. It doesn't matter what I come against. It's for such a time as this. Listen, God has anointed you for this day. Don't worry about the future. He's got that under control. You face a mountain today, face it. Know that God is able to move it. Know that God is able to do whatever that He wants to do. Anointed. Anointed for a purpose. Anointed. You're anointed. You're set apart for a purpose and a plan. God gives us precious promises. God wants to do something big in you. God. Oh, listen. You may need nothing. You may feel like you're nothing. But you're great. You may feel. Let me tell you something. Because it has nothing to do with who you are. Get it? It has to do with who He is. With how great He is. With how mighty He is. David was nothing without the anointing of God. Mm. Nothing without the anointing. The anointing is not a one-time shot. It stays with us. Listen, if we walk, walk with God daily, if we'll pray prayers like, listen, this is very important, young people. More than, more than if you ever preach or pastor a church or, or sing in front of thousands, more than if you ever do something mighty and awesome within yourself, more than any of those things, Today, I want you to hear this. If you will pray prayers like, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That's getting back to your basic ABCs with God, you see, with your relationship with God. If you will be, if you will be faithful unto God, if you'll walk with God, if you'll say, God, I'm, taking, I'm going to be diligent in making sure that I keep myself pure. I'm going to give all diligence to make sure, God, that I'm the vessel for You. And the anointing will be with You. You will face adversity. It's part of it. But that's where you see the anointing of God work. Today, you're not going to draw up a sword. You're not going to face a Goliath-like man and say, I'm going to... I'm going, to, I'm going to slay you with a stone and I'm going to cut off your head. But spiritually, you're going to face a giant that's just as scary as Goliath was to the people of Israel. You see, your, your fears, your failures, your things that, that you allow to haunt you, just when, listen, just when you think the anointing is back, just when you think that God is there in your life to stay, you are faced with a Goliath-like spirit comes against you. But if you allow, if you, if you, if you think with me for a moment and you, and you allow, you allow me to, to preach to you for just a few more moments, that is the time that the anointing of God is going to be proven. The power of God is going to be proven. You see, it's a test. Will I continue? 
Will I continue to let God be God in my life? Will I continue to let God make a way out of no way? Maybe some of you is facing a lion. Maybe some of you this week is facing something. Oh, Maybe there's somebody in this place facing something. It seems like it's a, it's a wall as tall as you can see. And if you can see, you can't see through it because it's so thick. It just seems like there's no way. You, say if it, you may say, brother, if it were just a wall, it'd be one thing. But I got family issues. I got, I got family situations. I, I got parents not in the church. Or I got siblings not in the church. I got people who, 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 who test me daily. I got people who say, I can't even come to the house of God. Hold fast to the Lord. His anointing is to face everything that we face. Whatever you face, God is for you. Whatever you face, God is for you. Whatever you face, God can take you through it. I don't care how loud the voice. I don't care how scary the voice. Understand there's nothing that scares Almighty God. He's not going to run and hide. You know what? The Lord will allow you to run and hide. But He'll never run and hide. Listen, you may think, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're a little bit further what I'm talking about. Maybe you've already ran and hid. Maybe, maybe every time that Goliath comes against you, maybe, maybe every time that something comes against you, you run and hide. I want to give somebody a reminder of an almighty God. I want to give somebody a, a reminder of His power, of His grace, and of His love. And you don't have to run and hide any longer. But if you'll stand up and understand that God wants the victory, and if you'll allow God to do things in your life, He'll give you the victory. Oh, yes. Life still happens. i got to tell you, Young people, I'd like to tell you that when you turn 17 or when you turn 18, that it's all, it's all that you're just on the throne and that's it. And it's over. And that it's from that point on that you're crowned king of your life and nothing else, nothing else comes against you. But I'm sorry to tell you, life continues, doesn't it? Life still happens. I like to tell you when you turn 21, that age that I know, I know it's 16. I know 16. I couldn't wait to be 16. I just couldn't wait to. I thought I thought there would be nothing better than getting my license, and I got it. And I just realized mom and dad would have me drive places, made me have me go to the store, take my little sister places, and and I just I, I just realized it was fun to have. It was neat to have my license. I I'm finally made 16, and then I remember 18. I thought, oh, I've got to be 18. That'll be cool. I'll graduate from high school. Oh, it'll all be great. It'll all be great. You know what? That day came and went. And it wasn't any different, really. I mean, I graduated high school, but it wasn't any different, really, than 16 or 17 or 18. 19 certainly wasn't much different. Can I tell you, even 20 wasn't much different. I felt a little older. I thought I had a little more things figured out, but really I didn't. I was still stupid. Really? I still had a lot to learn. With the Lord, lots and lots to learn. 21 happened. I'm of age. Doesn't matter. Life still happens. Some of the same things still happen. 
Uh, I still had to drive, and, and my car might just break down, even when I was 21. 22, 23, 24. Listen, there will never be a time in your life until you take your final breath. And in Jesus' name, you go home to be with Him. I want to pray that every person in this place. Amen? But while we're here, it's the Spirit of the Lord that will lead us. It's the Spirit of the Lord that will guide us. Listen, it's our everyday decisions. You don't have to face Goliath. You can just start thinking about where am I going to go to college? Or how am I going to hang in here to graduate high school? Whatever that you're, whatever's coming against you, whatever your thought process is, God will allow you to go on an awesome journey. But trust Him. Trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Let the small things be just as important as the big things. You see, those who do big things, I read a quote one time, those who do, did big things did small things well. Those who did big things did small things well. They learned, just like David did. God taught David all kinds of principles when he was there when he was there watching the sheep. 23rd Psalm is awesome. There's some richness there of what David seen and what he was taught while being a shepherd sheep. David had to learn. David had to rise and fall. Lots of things happened in David's life. But he never forgot. He never forgot where his help came from. And he never ceased to run to God in the midst of any trial. When he failed God so miserably, when he committed adultery and murder, at least those two, he didn't forget who God was. When he came to himself, he went back to God. He made things right with God. Thus, he is called a man after God's own heart. What are we facing? What is it we're facing? What are we facing? We could, we could all try to be plastic today and say we don't have any problems. We're not dealing with any situations. i got a perfect life. i got a perfect family. I, I drive a perfect car. I live in a perfect home. And then we'd be guilty of one of the commandments we'd be a liar. Why don't we stand? God anointed David's life. Certainly, that someday he could be king. But he anointed him early to take him through life to prepare him to be king. And even to carry him on when he was king. And can I tell you, the anointing was for David's now. 
wherever that He was. Wherever that He went, the anointing was with Him. The anointing went with Him as He faced a giant. The anointing was with Him. After a while, He understood that the anointing was with Him. Romans 8 and 37 says, Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. How can I truly say that I'm more than a conqueror if I've never faced a conqueror? How can I say I'm more than a conqueror if I've never faced a champion? If I've never faced a giant? If I've never faced a conqueror? If I've never let the Lord deliver me from the hands of a Philistine? If I've never let the Lord deliver me from a fiery trial, how then can I say I'm more than a conqueror? Listen. You all are going to be great in life with God. You're going to have great callings. You're going to have great anointing. You're going to have great things come about. But don't stumble and fall when you meet your Goliath. Because it's going to be out of that situation where you're going to understand, I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I'm more than anything this world would show me. Not for my glory, but for His. Not of anything good of I have done, but for His glory. He's God. He's God all by Himself. There's none beside Him. Oh, there's none beside Him. There's no devil of hell that can hinder you. There's no devil of hell that could come against you and snuff out your anointing with God. You can make a decision and you can turn it over to them, but if you hold fast to the Master, if you hold fast to Him, there's no devil of hell that can, rest, that can wrestle that away from you. You understand the devils believe in God. Scripture says the devils also believe in one God and tremble. You just need to understand and remember your God. When you face your giant, just say, that's great, you may seem big. You may scare a lot of folks, but you don't understand about my God. You, 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 you may understand, but when they understand of your understanding of how great He is, there's nothing that can come in your way. There's nothing that can stop you. Anointing is not a one-time thing. But it's with you. It's with you for a lifetime. Because it's how God is going to lead you and place you in the places that He has for you. The Bible says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost today? Okay. So Samuel may not have came up to you with a big horn of oil and dumped it over your head, but God Himself. <laughs> you were seeking Him one day, you repented of your sins, and He poured out something. 
a little more special. Just as special. A little more personal though. Because we're going to carry Him on the inside. Second Samuel. Chapter number 21. David found out he was more than a conqueror when he seen God work through his life and conquer the conqueror. And conquer the champion. But let me tell you something, young people. When you try the anointing of God and you see the faithfulness of God, it's almost as if the bar is raised just a little bit. Up to date, I hadn't read anything where a giant the size of Goliath was slain. If the giant the size of Goliath had already been slain, Saul wouldn't have shaken and been afraid. The armies of Israel, after that God had given them victory after victory after victory after victory, they just seen something different and bigger than they had seen before. But after David slew Goliath, in 2 Samuel chapter number 21, it tells the story of four more giants. Giants. One of them was the brother of Goliath that was slain by David and his mighty men. Every time you have a victory, young people, every time that you have a victory with God, setting yourself up for more victories. Because the next time that you face somebody that looks like Goliath, it ain't quite as big as it used to be. And the more that you learn to trust in Almighty God, you face the giants of life even if they get bigger. And you say, I remember one time when I felt the anointing when I felt the anointing of God. And God showed me His power. And this day is just no... It's, just, it's not any different than that day. It's just a different date. But my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, whatever you're facing, hold fast. Whatever that you're facing, hold, hold fast. I, I don't know if we've we got music. Do you have music going to come back? Or are we, we just going to come around the front? Why don't we just come around the front today? Listen, why don't we just come around the front today? Listen, that same Spirit of the Lord that was here when we were worshiping, I appreciate your worship in this place. I just feel like telling somebody, don't be surprised after Sunday morning, Sunday night. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you face a giant. Just remember. Just remember how big your God is. Remember that giant's not any big thing. If you allow God to you allow God to be faithful. Today and tonight around this altar, we'll call on the Lord. You know what? Maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't felt that anointing like I'm talking about before. But it's in a, it's in a time and a place like this that God can place things in our lives. Listen, maybe you haven't had a reminder in a while of, of the power of God in your life. Maybe you just need to be all caught up with the presence of the Lord. Maybe you just need to get all drunk in the Spirit tonight and understand that God has a purpose and a place for you.
Jesus. Why don't we just reach out to Him? Why don't we just call out to Him? God, You're the same. God, there as David faced Goliath. Lord, You're the same. God, it's the same anointing, the same power. Oh, as David faced the lion and the bear. Lord, it's the same peace that passeth all understanding as we read about in the Scriptures. Lord, we know that You're here in this place to do whatever that we need here today. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever that You need from the Lord today is available in this place. Oh, if you need, if, you, if you're facing fear and doubt, if you're facing a trial, let me tell you, the Lord can rescue you. The Lord can bless you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Just reach out to Him. Just love Him. Oh, He's in this house. He's in this place. Jesus, my Savior, I come to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let Him touch you right now. I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Lord, You, Jesus, we need You, Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, bless me now. My Praise your name, Jesus. 